Welcome to the More Than a Physique podcast. I'm your host, Kristen Jansen, online fitness coach, content creator, and competitive bodybuilder and powerlifter. In this podcast, we help you discover your inner athlete. Each episode will enhance your life as we provide you insights on all things health, fitness, and personal development. Now let's bring out your inner athlete. Hey everyone, and welcome back to the More Than a Physique podcast, where we discuss ways to ignite all areas of your life surrounding health, fitness, and becoming mentally elite. I'm your host, Kristen Jansen, strength and conditioning specialist at the Natty Hour, and welcome everybody to episode 60. In today's episode, we are going to talk about the diet after the diet. Now, some of you might be thinking, wait, what? There's a diet after the diet? And the answer is yes. This, in my opinion, is the most important part of the dieting process. The diet after the diet is what allows you to maintain all of your hard-earned results. Before we dive a little bit deeper into what this actually looks like, let's go over a common scenario of what typically happens after a diet. So say you've been busting your ass dieting for six months, you've lost 30 pounds, and are finally feeling comfortable and confident in your own skin. At this point, you part ways with your coach because why keep working with your coach if you've achieved your results? You're finally ready to live your life and feel confident in your own skin. At this point, you go back to your old routine. I mean, why follow your meal plan or macro plan anymore? The work is done, right? I deserve to reward myself for all of the hard work. Common thing that a lot of us say when we're at this stage. One slice of pizza turns into an entire large pizza. One glass of wine turns into the entire bottle. A couple of chips turns into the entire bag, and at a blink of an eye, eight weeks later, you've gained back 15 pounds. Well, no big deal, right? I'll just follow my program again and start dieting again to burn off those 15 pounds. But I mean, after six months of dieting, who really wants to diet again? Maybe you drop five to 10 pounds and call it quits. Good enough. Once again, that mentality sneaks up on you that you deserve to have a break. You deserve to have those donuts. And at another blink of an eye, 12 weeks later, you've gained 20 pounds. You start to think, well, clearly I'm incapable and need a coach. You hire your old coach back to focus on losing all the weight that you put back on. This yo-yo dieting lifestyle is a vicious cycle that so many people are constantly struggling with. And I want you to know, it doesn't mean that there is something wrong with you. Fat loss isn't the issue. Maintaining the fat loss results is. And it's often because many people aren't implementing the diet after the diet. This can be implemented with either of the two strategies, the reverse diet method or the recovery diet method. We will get into what both of these look like shortly as well as the pros and cons, but first let's go over why it's so easy to gain all of your hard-earned results back so damn quickly. In our example, it's not uncommon for some people to need a good six months to lose 30 pounds. That's roughly around one pound a week, and depending on your body type, this is actually a very healthy rate of fat loss where we want to focus on one pound a week. It's also common to see someone put all of that weight back on and then some quicker than they were able to actually lose it. Why is that? 
After a dieting phase, a lot of people don't realize how vulnerable their body and hormones are. Going back to your old habits after you are done with your coach is what is causing this easy regain phase post-diet. You have to understand that your hormones take a beating when you are dieting, so when it is time to end the diet, you need to give your hormones time to recover. Some of the hormones that are impacted during dieting are hormones such as ghrelin, leptin, and thyroid. That's just to name a few. Let's kind of go over these a little bit here. Ghrelin, it's known as the hunger hormone and it goes up during the fat loss phase. So as you lose weight, your ghrelin hormone goes up. As we are dieting and eating less food over time, it makes sense that we are going to start to feel hungrier. This is ghrelin going up. This is primarily why it is so damn hard to sustain a dieting phase over an extended period of time. The hunger you experience can be mitigated, but it'll never be completely eliminated. It is normal and and can only be ignored for so long when you're dieting. The next hormone, leptin, is produced in fat cells and is the opposite of ghrelin. This hormone regulates hunger, meaning it makes you feel less hungry. As you diet down, you start to lose fat, which causes this hormone to go down. And when leptin goes down, you start to feel less satiated, less full. Moving on to the thyroid hormones, these are responsible for your metabolic rate. This one we all know when you diet, your metabolic rate goes down. And the only way to speed up your metabolism is eating more food over time. Of course, when you're dieting over an extended period of time, your metabolic rate is gonna, of course, go down. Clearly, there are some significant adaptations that dieting has on your body, and I've only briefly touched the surface on that. Your hormones take a beating when you are dieting and are eating very few calories over a significant period of time. And because of this, going back to your old habits, especially if your old habits involve significant calorie consumption, this is a recipe for disaster when it comes to trying to maintain your fat loss results. Now you might be able to piece some things together and thinking to yourself, well, if eating less over time causes these negative adaptations to your hormones, doesn't eating more food cause positive adaptations to your hormones? And the answer is yes. However, it needs to be in a controlled matter because it takes time for your hormones to recover. It's not gonna happen the second you start eating more food. Say you finish your dieting phase, consuming 1200 calories a day. You say goodbye to your coach and you go back to your old habits where maybe you normally consume 2,700 calories a day under your old habits. That instant spike in your calorie consumption each day isn't giving your hormones enough time to recover and catch up. We need to gradually get you back up to that amount instead of just consuming double the amount of food. So now you might be thinking, well, I'll just eat until I feel full and rely on my hunger signals versus trying to go back to my old habits. The problem with this is you can't actually rely on your hunger signals accurately after dieting. Most people can't anyways. Remember, your ghrelin is higher than normal and your leptin is lower than normal, meaning that you may feel a lot hungrier than you actually physically are. This misconception occurs a lot actually in the bodybuilding community where after the competitor is done with their show, they go out for a celebratory dinner and they eat and eat and eat, thinking that I'll just stop eating when I feel full. But they can't physically stop eating because their hormones are communicating with them that they're so hungry that it causes them to become physically sick. Their stomach has expanded to the point where they know that they're physically full, but like I said, their hormones are so out of whack. Mentally, they still feel hungry. And once you start consuming food, especially after starving yourself for a significant period of time, it is very challenging to actually control yourself to stop. 
so you're welcome to give this method a try if you wish. I'm sure there are some situations that this method works for some, but I haven't found that to be the case in my experience. This is where implementing either a reverse diet or a recovery diet needs to be considered if you want to not only maintain your fat loss results, but do so where you can eat more food in time and not have to actually starve yourself or diet forever in order to maintain your results. So let's quickly differentiate between these two methods. A reverse diet is the process of increasing your calories slowly over a period of time. So you can minimize any fat regain and give your hormones the time they need to recover and normalize. Depending on how low your calories are at the end of the dieting phase, often the initial increase in calories will be a little bit higher than the periodic increases as a way to get you to your maintenance calories a little bit quicker. Whereas if your calories at the end of a dieting phase aren't at a concerning low amount, the method of slowly, gradually increasing your calories is advised. So for example here, say your calories at the end of the dieting phase are 900 calories. You might be thinking that's an unrealistic example, but it's not, I have seen it. We don't really want to waste time slowly increasing your food if your ending point is 900 calories, because this might cause you to where you might be at 1200 calories in four weeks. Heck, even 1200 calories are low. So depending on the person and how little you are eating, it often makes more sense to get them out of that calorie state sooner than later. This of course is in black and white and definitely depends on the person and the situation. A recovery diet is the process of bringing your calories up to your estimated maintenance calories. So you are out of the calorie deficit sooner than later and then you make periodic gradual increases from there. The idea here is to get the athlete out of the deficit as soon as possible so they can start the hormone recovery process sooner than later. Now, if you are working with a coach, I highly recommend you stick with them and let them help you implement the diet after the diet. Making calorie adjustments on your own can be very tricky because we're so subjective when it comes to our own progress. Even I have a coach making my macro adjustments and I've been doing this for seven years. I still struggle to maintain an objective mindset with my own adjustments and progress. So I highly recommend if you can, stick with your coach and take this phase seriously. If for whatever reason, you can't work with your coach and you do have to do this on your own, here are some general guidelines for making your macronutrient adjustments. Please keep in mind that these are just guidelines and are subject to change based on the specific athlete's needs. So for the reverse diet, I recommend making two to 5% increases in your calories every two to three weeks. These increases to your calories can be applied to your carbs, fats, and or both based on your preferences. Keep in mind that the time frame for every two to three weeks is going to vary significantly based on how the person's body responds to the reverse diet. For the recovery diet, I recommend bringing your calories up to your estimated maintenance levels. Keep in mind that your maintenance levels are adaptive and aren't going to be what you thought they once were. So if you knew what your maintenance calories were prior to your dieting phase, they're probably not going to be the same after the dieting phase. So a modest approach that I recommend is to just simply bring your ending calories up by 10 to 20 percent and then make the two to five percent increases every two to three weeks after that going forward. The periodic increases in your calories 
calories can occur for as long as you would like. A lot of people are wondering, okay, well, how long do I need to reverse diet for? So ensuring you are consuming a healthy amount based on your age and gender is important, but it's your call how much you feel like you want to consume. I have actually been working with a client right now for over five years. She's 56 years old and she's been reverse dieting with me for the last two years where she is currently maintaining her weight consuming 2300 calories a day. At 56, you know, a lot of people think that they need to be eating a lot less. You don't need to be eating 2300 calories, but at the end of the day, if you want to, you do have that option for yourself. So this right here is just a great example of what you are capable of. Both of these methods are very similar and effective. Therefore, either or is an advisable method. However, there are some pros and cons to consider when deciding which method is more suitable for you. The reverse diet method, I find it to be most optimal for the general population. Unless you're a competitive bodybuilder, most people aren't reducing their calories down to an extremely low level that would warrant them to pull themselves out of it as soon as possible. If your calories at the end of a dieting phase are within reason, increasing your calories slowly over time is totally acceptable. However, it is important to note that the first few weeks can be extremely challenging. As your hunger signals, they start to normalize, it takes time. You're gonna still be eating a pretty low amount of food where you likely will still feel a lot hungrier than you actually physically are. Now you might be thinking, well, I've dealt with hunger while I was dieting, what's so different with continuing to deal with that during the reverse dieting phase for a few weeks? The difference is your goal has been achieved. You reached your fat loss targets. So often that discipline and focus start to go down during the reverse dieting phase, making adherence extremely challenging when your calories are going up very slowly, especially for some people. So to offset this, I really recommend setting another goal for yourself right away. As soon as the dieting phase is over, make sure you set that next goal. What's something new you can focus on? Perhaps a powerlifting meet, uh, strength goals in the gym, a marathon. It doesn't really matter whatever fits your lifestyle, but set a new goal so you can maintain that level of discipline and focus you need to get through those first few weeks during the reverse dieting phase. Having this information now, you might know yourself and know in advance that you could not handle a few more weeks of feeling hungry after a dieting phase. And that's okay. It's important to be honest with yourself and understand what fits your needs better. So if this sounds like you, it's probably best to then revert to the recovery diet method. So for the recovery diet method, I I find it to be most optimal for those after a contest prep or for those who have taken extreme measures to achieve their fat loss results. With extreme measures taken, you definitely don't want to prolong them longer than you have to. Where getting your calories back up to your estimated maintenance levels as soon as possible is recommended. Your hormones, like I said before, they have taken a severe beating from the extreme dieting where you want to restore them sooner than later. Often with this method, you don't have as much of a delay in your hunger signals as you do with the reverse dieting method. That's why I recommend it if you know that you can handle prolonging your hunger, this method might be a better option for you. Your hormones are still recovering and you're likely going to still feel a lot hungrier than you physically are, but the quicker increase in your food, you do receive the benefits of normalizing your hunger a lot quicker. The trade-off though, because there's always a trade-off, is an increase in the scale. Now, this is typically where I lose people. With both of these methods, 
it is important to note that some weight gain will occur. This is normal and often necessary to restore your hormones. With the reverse diet method, fat regain is extremely subtle over the first few months where if done correctly, it's not as alarming. Where with the recovery diet method, fat regain is often more sudden with that initial increase and then if done correctly, typically stabilizes during the remaining time frame. All in all, the end result of fat regain is typically about the same regardless of which method you choose. It's just seen at different time periods where like I said, the reverse diet, it kind of gradually sneaks up on you where with the recovery diet, it's kind of instant and then tapers off. It's important to set these expectations for yourself and understand that the fat regain is normal and is done in a controlled manner versus seeing the scale go up and instantly thinking you need to start dieting again. That's the worst thing that you can do. The best piece of advice that I can give you is to just stick to the increased amount of food you have been given and weather that storm. Your body craves and needs consistency. So if need be, stop stepping on the scale for a little bit and just focus on being consistent consistent with your new amount of food. Because remember how we discussed how increasing your food increases positive adaptations? This doesn't just mean your hormones recover and normalize, there are other positive adaptations that occur as well. One of the more important ones being an increase in your non-exercise activity thermogenesis, also known as NEAT. NEAT is the calories that you burn for everything you do that you are not aware of. Walking to work, typing, blinking, fidgeting, all of these different things that you're not even aware of. You naturally start to do these things more as your calorie intake goes up meaning you indirectly start to burn more calories. This is often the reason why you hear those stories of people losing weight while they are reverse dieting. They are burning more calories in a day, which causes their maintenance calories to adapt, increase, and that's why some can continue to increase their intake and still see fat loss. Keeping in mind that fat loss isn't the goal here at all, maintaining your results is, but this is often a positive incentive and byproduct for some individuals. So stay consistent with eating more food. I know the idea of eating more food is scary, but I promise you if you let go of that fear, trust your coach with implementing a successful diet after the diet, think of how amazing it would be to never have to diet again. Keeping in mind as well that that initial increase that you see in the scale is going to taper off and if you give your body that consistent intake that it needs each day, it does adapt to the point where you will see your weigh-in start to normalize and you will start to maintain weight. So whether that storm seems worth it to me, hopefully it is to you as well. All right, team. Well, that about wraps up this week's episode. I really do hope that you guys found it helpful. I put my heart and soul into providing a lot of value in this week's episode. So if it was helpful, please do me a huge favor. Make sure that you share it. I love it when you guys tag me on Instagram that you have listened to this week's podcast episode. Be sure that you let me know. If you haven't already, head over to iTunes and leave the podcast a review. Like I've mentioned, it does help other people reach the podcast so we can continue to help others as well. And if you guys have any questions with anything I've talked about today, hey, send me an email. I would love to answer any of them for you. Thenadiahour at gmail.com. Thank you all so much for listening. I look forward to chatting with you all again next week, but until then, go out there, strive for more, be more, and ignite your inner athlete.